1: All right, time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun, and we have a long list of things that we're going to talk about.
0: Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Sammy. Are you surprised there's trouble in Surrey again?
1: Um, I want to say no, but actually I am because this particular fight is a bit different. I've never heard of a school board and the city council of any community kind of fighting like this before.
0: Yeah, it's never happened before, near as anybody can determine. It's unprecedented. So here's what happened. Every year, school boards send a list to the education ministry of the new schools they'd like built or at least put on the planning cycle and approved. And what they do is they run the list past their council to make sure the council's on the same page. And in Surrey, anyway, what's been happening is the council goes, yeah, yeah, right. We need more schools here go ahead, we approve. That didn't happen this year. The list, the proposal went to Surrey Council last week and Surrey Council voted it down. The Surrey School Board chair uh, says she feels like a pawn in the battle between the provincial government and Surrey School Board. And she's looking for an explanation. The education ministry is saying... Well, you know, we'll try to install a facilitator here and see if they can sort this out, but this is a serious showdown. It is unprecedented, but I think from what happened, uh, Simi, we've got a pretty good idea why this thing went off the rails this year. Okay, why? So I guess the first thing, when I first saw the story, it was in the sun yesterday, it was on Global last night, uh, when I first saw the story, I thought, oh God, this this bloody showdown over the policing services has spilled over into schools and who knows where it'll end. But that's not the case. That, that The strongest clue as to what happened here is that the people who on the council who want to continue with Surrey policing services and the people on council who want to go back to the RCMP all voted together to reject the school board thing. The vote was unanimous. And when you look at why they did it, they all say the same thing. To them, on the Surrey Council, what's unprecedented is the way the provincial government has brought in three big housing bills that allow Victoria, the provincial government, to take control over housing in Surrey and everywhere else in the province. And what the council said was, your list of where we should put the schools predates the passage of that legislation. We, council, want to know, Simi, they want to know the impact of the provincial government imposing a whole bunch of housing on Surrey. You can get 20-story buildings by bus loops and SkyTrain stations. You can get six plexes scattered through what are now single-family neighborhoods And the council is saying, we just don't know what this is going to do to the need for schools in Surrey. Uh, Langley is saying much the same thing. Surrey already has 400 portables, and all they want is they want some kind of an understanding about the impact on the demand for schools in Surrey of the provincial government taking control over where housing growth is going to occur in the city.
1: Okay. If that's the case, then why not sit down with the Surrey School District and figure this out? Why not give them the heads up and say, here, here are our questions.
0: Well, that's a good point. And that's where the relationship does sound a bit dysfunctional. Yes. Although, you know, the, the I mean, yeah, the Surrey School Board is saying this is unprecedented and the Surrey Council is saying, yeah, you're right. It's unprecedented. This is look, the provincial government imposed this new housing regimen on 85 BC cities and councils. Some of them are going along with it and saying, okay, you know, we'll try to work together. We got to deal with infrastructure and all that. And the provincial government is saying, don't worry, we'll be there. There's a lot of places, Surrey's one of them, Langley's another. There are other municipalities in British Columbia saying the same thing. Look, We just want to catch our breath and find out what this is going to do to us. Because if we're building schools for neighborhoods right now that have 400 portables, uh, what's going to happen to all these single family neighborhoods in Surrey or, you know, the the neighborhoods around bus loops and skytrains, because there's 140 of those that are affected in in Metro Vancouver. Uh, You know, I think what we're headed for here, Simi, is this is an early warning of just how much is going to have to change as the New Democrats take control of housing, wrench it away from local government in British Columbia. There's gonna be a lot more of this going on next year. We're just seeing the early warning signs of where it's headed.
1: True, but it's you know, it's like a political bun fight in Surrey because it seems to me, and Surrey residents know this, there has been an incredible pace of development in Surrey over the last 10, 20 years. And this has never happened before where they've stopped to question, oh, geez, are we doing enough to make sure that we've got the right spaces for schools? This seems to be the first time they've actually stopped and asked that question, and yet they've dealt with hundreds of portables every year.
0: Well, yeah, and and the current government promised it was going to deal with portables uh, when it got elected, and instead there's twice as many. Uh, the current government has said, relax, uh, we're going to take care of the infrastructure and the schools and the sewers and all that. We're going to help you with all that when we impose all this housing on you. Um, you know, it's, I mean, I keep looking at it. Uh, my my colleague, Doug Todd uh, at The Sun, had an interesting piece on the weekend in the paper saying for the very first time, uh, some public figures in British Columbia are starting to ask whether the problem is in fact the enormous number of people we're importing into Canada, immigration and refugees. Most of them end up in the big cities, and it is very difficult, even with the best of intentions, for cities and provincial governments to keep up to just answer the shortages that exist right now, never mind, keep yeah. up with the enormous number of new Canadians we're letting in. It's a sensitive issue because it very easily spills over into racism and xenophobia and all kinds of things. But uh, yes, I would say for the first time, I'm starting to see sensible people out there saying, just a minute. Are we, it, our national government is is approving these targets for immigration? Is our national government providing enough money to help cities and provinces pay for the necessary housing, schools, roads, bridges, yeah. public facilities? Uh, you know, I I don't welcome the debate, Simi, in, in the sense that I, I know how ugly it gets. I, yeah. I've i been around long enough to remember, remember all the arguments over monster homes and all that, and I, and that spills so fast into racism, but... Uh, I think if you could get some sensible leaders in our society, just going, Ottawa is going to open the door to huge numbers of immigrants. Ottawa should be paying a bigger co- part of the cost yes. of accommodating them. At Evernorth
1: Health Services,
0: we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best—it's possible pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line it's possible complex specialty care that cares about your roi it's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions that's wonder made possible learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: All right, we are back with Vaughn Palmer now for the Vancouver Sun, and we're talking about cancer care. And Vaughn, I just, I wonder so much about this. You know, we used to have what we call a world-class system where we could be proud of it, and you didn't have to worry that if you got cancer, we were going to take care of you. And now increasingly, it doesn't seem like we're doing that.
0: That's true, Simi. We had a world-class system and it is also true. And there have been some very disturbing stories recently about how you can't count on that anymore. Well, you know, again, I've, we've been debating healthcare waiting lists for a long time in Canada and in this province. But in BC, the stories about waiting for healthcare Usually it was hip and knee replacements, and I was on a waiting list for a knee replacement. It's no fun. I was lucky. I got it fairly early, but, you know, the pain of waiting for hip and knee replacement is one level of concern, but cancer is literally a matter of life and death, and we've had some stories lately that were sobering and uh could just about bring you to tears and maybe bring you for tear to tears i'll give you one just one global did this it's uh, been in other media as well uh, my colleague kudita rose has done a bunch of stories in the sun samia sakali i hope i'm pronouncing her name right victoria resident diagnosed with stomach cancer this year told by her doctors it was sufficiently advanced that she needed chemo right away and her doctor also told her she wasn't going to get it uh, By the time she got chemo 10 weeks later, it was too far advanced. And she decided to opt for medically assisted death and did so in June. Uh, The coverage, one detail that her family provided, and it is very hard to recount this and not get choked up, Simi. Uh, She sat down and wrote birthday cards to each of her six grandchildren and put them in six boxes, one to be opened on their birthday every year till they turned 18. That's her legacy. And I just, you know, as I said, these stories are very hard to take, very hard to report. And Simi, there's enough of them. You know, it's not just one. It's case history after case history. And I know Katie DeRosa, who's done the stories for The Sun, said, Every time she's done one of these stories, she hears from a family or a survivor or families of somebody who didn't survive saying, we'd like you to tell our story, too, because this is happening a lot in British Columbia. There's a a woman here in the capital region who just got tired of waiting for the care. And Sammy, she found a doctor in Baltimore, Maryland, who was due the surgery that she needed. And she raised, combined with an inheritance and with Um, A fundraising thing. She raised $205,000 to pay for her surgery, but she lived to tell the tale. She got married to her life partner in November with her kids around her. And she's going on. She's gone back to work as a realtor. She was looking at the end of the road. So I hear these stories. They are powerful. And there's so many of them, Simi, they are threatening, I think, to overwhelm the government's message that it's dealing with the problem.
1: Yeah, it is. And so what does the Premier have to say about this?
0: (laughs) Well, you know, we'll start with Adrian Dix because, as you know, Adrian always has the statistics at his fingertips and he does his own technical briefings and he can show you with charts and graphs that the NDP have added, I don't know, 40,000 healthcare workers and hired cancer doctors and all that. But it doesn't take very many anecdotes, you know, case histories, like the ones I've just told you, to overwhelm the stats. You know, you've hired... Forty thousand healthcare workers. Where are they, and what are they doing? The premier has his line is, "Well, it's unacceptable." You know, I, I'm, I'm just not going to accept this. And yet, I. What does that mean, me, though? Uh, I, look, I don't understand un, un, what that means. Unacceptable has become a favorite word of our politicians. This is not acceptable. Well, what are you going to do about it? I mean, I would use an example when the New Democrats decided that the waiting lists for B.C. Ferries, which is an inconvenience, not a matter of health or life and death, they fired the CEO of B.C. Ferries and they installed an NDP cabinet minister as chair of the board and she installed her hand-picked CEO. So when they're dealing with somebody else's appointees and it's unacceptable, the New Democrats fire somebody and they change direction. I don't see any evidence that David Eby's, this is unacceptable, has led to any change of direction in the seven years the New Democrats have been in power, the courses they've charted, and he's certainly not firing anybody over it. So unacceptable, I would say he's accepted it. And he's counting on the public to be patient enough to wait while the numbers approve. But it isn't. Just a case of numbers. It's, I mean,
1: you know. It's a system that has to recognize urgency. And that's, Mm -hmm. I feel like, what's missing in the system right now is that, as you point out, if somebody needs chemo right away, then they should be getting chemo right away. It should be able to distinguish who needs to get in right away.
0: Yes. And, uh, you know, again, we've had another one. This one was on the front page of the Victoria paper. 52-year-old waiting for chemo, checks into the hospital, never gets out, and finally after 10 weeks tells uh, his life partner, I can't take it anymore. He Can't walk, He can't eat, and again he opts for medically assisted death, which is a mercy, but that's what's happening, right? That's the system at its worst, and there's too much of it. And I think the premier needs to say more than it's unacceptable. He, I think, needs to do something stronger than just talk about it. And uh, I admire Adrian Dix's command of the statistics and the technicalities. But frankly, it just isn't cutting it anymore when you hear what's actually happening to real people in our healthcare system real people who have cancer and need care now
1: Exactly I agree they're not numbers Avon thank you
0: Bye bye Cindy